Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today, I am joined by founder of Harvey's Heels, qualified mindfulness teacher, mental health practitioner, and published author, Nicola Harvey. Welcome so much to the podcast. Great to have you here. Hello. Nice to be here. Amazing. So want to talk to you about everything you stand for, everything you do, talking about raising our children to have good self-care practices and how we as women and mothers can take up space and stand in our power, something I am eternally searching for for myself. So first, I wanted to just start and understand your journey and what led you to start Harvey Heals. Okay, great. So um, I started out as a special needs teacher way back when, and I really enjoyed working with children and young people and supporting them on their journeys. And when I worked with, with young people, I was mainly working with, with children that were on the autistic spectrum that found it very difficult to express themselves and regulate their emotions. And unfortunately, the way the, the English curriculum is is structured it's mostly around um attainment and there is a bit about sort of like pshe with emotions and supporting children's well-being but the focus is on getting them to achieve their learning targets and in that role whenever i had like a therapist or a practitioner come in i would just i'd be like a sponge i'd mm-hmm. want to stay that was normally like my non-contact time um or you know and i'd be like no i want to stay i want to sort of just learn and listen and so i'd spend a lot more time doing the feelings the emotional regulation and when i qualified as a teacher i started out in private sector so I thought all schools were like that. There was money for music therapists, educational psychologists were coming in. I was getting all this extra stuff, OTs. And then after three years of working in that field, I wanted to go into state to use my skills to work in a, in a normal, either mainstream school or in a state funded um, special needs school. And I was in for a shock. I went to um, a school in southeast London and there was nothing. You know, there was like one speech and language therapist between two schools, primary and a secondary. And there was, you know, there were kids there that should have had the same opportunities um, as children in other schools, in other settings. And this particular school that I was in, there was a lot of young black children there. And there were things that they needed support with, with their emotions, but they weren't getting that access or support. So I ended up finding, learning about mindfulness and yoga. And the good thing about SCN is you can sort of structure your timetable to suit you and I had a little gap and every Tuesday I remember that we'd have like a yoga and a mindfulness class and I got my TAs to do it as well and we were just we were buzzing and whenever I was covering a class or whenever there was a little you know there was a little vibe in the air I found myself doing yoga and breathing activities and mindfulness and I loved it I absolutely loved it but I noticed from teaching it was very stressful you know and it, it wasn't 
I was more aligned with the emotional regulation and the mental health and the well-being. So I, I left teaching, but I used my experience in teaching to write my first book called Mindful Little Yogis, self-regulation tools to empower kids with special needs to breathe and relax. And it's a mouthful, <laughs> I know. But um, the whole concept of the book itself is about encouraging or get giving teachers and parents the practical tools to support children with their emotional health and well-being there's loads of breathing activities there's yoga in there and self-regulation and I made sure that on the cover of the of the publication there is a young black girl a young black girl who is meditating and we don't see enough of that in our communities we don't see enough of that so I really wanted to um, ensure that children could see themselves and identify with themselves as it not being, oh God, you know, that's a woo-woo thing. It's meditating and deep breathing and looking after our well-being is something that everyone can bring into their lives. So yeah, that's how I started initially. And then I've kind of been on a journey myself. I've done some extra training, gone into um, more of the mental health field. So I've used my, my experience and my skills to focus more on the mental health. And I started Harvey Hills to empower women to look after their well-being, to look after themselves and breathe. Because we we have, especially black women, we have a lot going on. I don't you know? think we've been allowed to breathe. Exactly. So to take a second just to breathe, just to yeah. take in everything you're holding, everything you've been through, not just as a woman, as a mum, but as a black woman mm. in society, all the weight we hold from now and our ancestors, it's an, it's incredible some of it is some of it we're conscious of I'm sure a lot of it we are not conscious of, of the, the entire weight of we're holding do you think attitudes are changing so you said earlier that people may have thought of it as being a bit woo woo mm. do you think attitudes are changing towards mental health towards mental awareness towards deep breathing towards meditation or is it still thought of as hippie a fad, um, maybe not for me, and maybe not for the black community? I think things are changing. There's still a lot of work to do, but there are more, there's more openness. And I think particularly in light of the pandemic, people are having to slow down and go within, whether they like it or not. When you're in lockdown, there's only so much Netflix, there's only so many things you can do. And then you have to look at yourself and go, actually, how am I behaving? How am I how am I feeling about what's going on when I have no control? And now people are starting to go, actually, I want to talk about my mental health. I want to get some support and I want to get some help for it. And unfortunately, within the black community, there is a lot of stigma when it comes to us opening up and being vulnerable and tapping into those emotions. There is um, a mental health spectrum and Everyone has a mental health. Everyone has emotional, physical and mental health. But there's two different ends of this spectrum. One end of the spectrum is where we experience things like anxiety just every day. And that's that's who we are. We're, We're human beings. So we are going to experience different emotions. And if we get the help and the support, if we learn how to regulate those emotions early on, that's that's the good stuff. But what has happened a lot of the time is people don't get the help early on. And then they get worse and worse and worse. And then we're at the other end of the spectrum where it's mental ill health. 
And statistics show that there are more black people, people of colour, that are diagnosed with schizophrenia, admitted to mental health institutions than their white counterparts. And it is because we're not, and this is not everyone, I'm not generalising, we're we're being much more open now, but there is this fundamental stigma within our communities that if we, you know, stuff it down, we need to just be strong, we need to be strong black women, strong black men, and have this tough image, when really it's okay to not be okay. And by looking after ourselves and maintaining our mental health and well-being, our children see this. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Absolutely. We, We are really maybe struggling with some of the patterns, some of the um, issues that we've uh, struggled with in our own childhood, but also that our parents have brought to us, have modeled to us. So it's important that we can understand our awareness, what we're modeling for our children and just start this whole journey as early as we can. I mean, I'm nearly 40. I'm just starting to start thinking about this and trying to be intentional with it. But if we could start earlier, if we could start with our children and grow, you know, with our children. So that's why I really wanted to talk about your self-care books, your self-regulation, your well-being tools for children and for parents, but just what we can be doing at home and what we can be modeling to our children at home for our children and ultimately ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So my second book um, is all about children supporting themselves in a, in a nourishing way. It's called Self-Care Activity Book for Kids. It's got a gorgeous black girl on the cover with yes. beautiful hair. Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. And what I've, I've received recently is some really nice feedback and comments with, with parents or, or aunties saying, oh, you know, my niece or nephew or my son says, that child looks like me, looks like me. Can you and I love that moment for that child, though? Children are eight times more likely to see an animal on the cover of a book, a children's book, um, than um, themselves. That which is absolutely wild. That's yeah. absolutely yeah. wild. And that's a statistic from the Centre of Literacy in Primary Education. So they've done a lot of research. And that was only a couple of years ago. Prior to that, that was um, 2018. And then prior to that, it was like 4% that they would see you know, of person of colour. So at the moment, it's 5%. So again, there may have been some variables because we're in 2021 now, but what I want to do is help reduce this stigma of children seeing themselves on covers of magazines, but also doing things like practising self-care, looking after their well-being, but involving family members. So Within my books, I have breathing activities. I have um, various things that children can actually do, some colouring in activities, set positive self-talk. But one thing that I love, and for any parent that's thinking, well, hang on a minute, this is great. How do I bring this into my home? How do I actually... Yeah, this is the good stuff. This yeah, is what we yeah. need, yeah. This is, this is something that I learned from um, a lady called Dr. Pookie Knightsmith, and she's she's an education psychologist. She's done loads of different things and highly recommend looking her up, particularly if you're a, a teacher um, and a parent as well. But there's three different parts. You put share it, shelf it, shout it. And this is a really good way. So if a, if, a, if a child is feeling a bit emotional or needing that support, and this is applicable for different ages as well, you can adapt it. So the first part is share it. So build that relationship with your child so they feel comfortable sharing how they feel. And, and I know that, that first point doesn't happen overnight. 
yes. intentionally yes. work at that. Absolutely. So that is about building a relationship with them, modeling in front of your child when you're having a good day, but when you're having a bad day and how you are dealing with those bad moments. Because I remember when I was delivering a lot of parent workshops, I'd have parents say, oh, but you know, this, 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 you know, I can't be perfect. You're not meant to be perfect. You know, you are your, you are you. And if your child sees you as this perfect person who stuffs down their emotions, they're going to go out into the world not knowing how to handle everyday situations. But I also think it's massively confusing because Mm. children are much smarter than we give them credit for. So if you're like, mommy's okay, you've got a bright voice, but you're actually tearful, they can see that. If you're trying to mask it, they can see that. And it's confusing if your voice is not matching your face or your voice is not matching the energy you're giving off. That is also wildly confusing. Exactly. on any other distress the child may be in, it's a really tricky thing for them to deal with. So it's really important that we are, I mean, this is life advice. And again, I say these things intellectually emotionally I find these things really difficult but it's really important that we are our true selves our whole selves in front of our children so they can see all the nuances that goes into everyday life yeah and I would say there is um, a term called containment so obviously we don't want our child to see everything it's finally get hard to pay the mortgage this month we're going to have to knuckle down yes of course, of course, <laughs> so, of course. Uh, it, it needs to be age appropriate so if someone's um if a parent is too emotional in front of the child that's going to have a detrimental impact and I know there's no right or wrong but it's just judging you know your child but it's making sure that they are seeing you go through the highs and go through the lows but seeing what they need to see so there's something called containment where there was different sort of parenting styles but one of them is called containment where if you contain your emotions in a way that your child can see them but you're not spilling too much over. It's like having a glass of water. It's making sure you don't spill too much over. So they see what they need to see to help them be fulfilled and regulate their emotions in in an informed way. So the share it part is about sitting down. So first of all, building that relationship, building up that trust, sitting down with your child and holding space so they feel comfortable to share. It might be this just as they're going to sleep. They're like, actually, mum, I've got something to say or whilst you're doing washing up, or whilst you're going for a walk. But knowing that you are there, knowing that you're present, so they can share how they're feeling. And that is by mirroring. So they see you talking to friends or talking to your partner. That's So they see that open dialogue. And it's not easy for black women, always. Um, but there is um, a, an audible book that I'm listening to at the moment, and I highly recommend it. It's called You Are Your Best Thing. And it's by Brené Brown. And oh. Tarana Burke and Tarana yeah. Burke is the founder of the Me Too movement, an African American woman that's partnered up with Brené Brown. And on this, you hear Black women and men really get raw and talk about their vulnerabilities. They share, but they also talk about being comfortable with the uncomfortable and going through it, getting the help they need, and then mirroring that to their children, to their families, to their peers, to the world around them and make making social changes so it's really powerful stuff I I love them both I love them both and every time I listen to either one of those people I always get a little moment and a a little nugget of clarity I'm like oh that makes sense that's the language I need I needed I think it's important what you said of just 
deep diving, getting uncomfortable and staying in that, it's so easy to put a plaster over it. It's so easy to numb out. And whether you do that with binge watching TV, food, drink, sex, whatever it is, it's so easy to avoid those situations. So yeah, already I can see that is groundbreaking to be able to do that. And the two are kind of interrelated. Obviously, it's being mindful of what your child sees, but it's it's working on yourself first, you know, making sure. And it might be that you're working yourself alongside supporting your child, but making sure there's those really clear boundaries that as a parent, you're also practicing that self-care um, because the child will pick up on it. Absolutely. Um, so when you're having that share it quiet time with your child, you know, just holding space allowing them to speak, allowing them to be free with how they're feeling. And again, it's hard. And some ch- children might not want to talk. Some children might be nonverbal. So it could be dancing it out. It could be writing it out. It could be drawing pictures, painting, getting messy. Absolutely. And, and you know your There's child. No right. exactly. You know how they express themselves. You know how they take in information. Absolutely. And it could be any one of those things. But the, what you're saying is you need to find that thing and nurture it and protect that space for it. And reminding the child that it's okay to not be okay. We're all human beings. We have these emotions any day. We could be up there or we could be down here, you know, but it's really important to feel that emotion and grow from it and just be, be real, you know, rather than trying to put on this mask, let the mask down and be real. So the next Sorry, you were going to say something. No, no, that was your share it. Perfect. Yeah, the next part. So the first part was share it. So that was that was a bit longer, but I just went on a bit of a tangent. I felt, I think it's slightly different as a black woman doing sharing and supporting your child because there's so many different nuances of things that we go through ourselves. It's really important to have it as an informed approach. Shelf it is the next part. So in any day, we are going to have worries. We're going to have different things that come up. Shelf it is where you are putting some time aside, where you are putting, it's almost like worry time. It's kind of like, um, because sometimes you're not going to have time to share it. You know, you could be in the middle of, your child could be in the middle of a class or they could be in the middle of something else. But it's shelf it is building that resilience to say, let's put some time aside each day or once a week or every couple of days where we schedule that time and then we talk about that worry in a bit more detail. So so it's an awareness that that feeling or that worry or that anxiety has come over you. Yes. Maybe you don't have to address it in that moment because you're at work, you're in class, but making sure that it is addressed and having a regular time to do that. That's it, that's it yeah. It. That's it. And it Got gives it. a lot that reassurance. Okay, they go, okay, right, so... Tonight at eight o'clock, me and mum, we're going to sit down. We're going to see how we're feeling. And if there's nothing that comes up, we'll just sit and chat. It just said, it just, shelf it is a really good way because when they're grown up in the big wide world, it's, it's learning how to build that resilience and really knowing like, actually I'm, I'm building my emotional regulation. I'm going to be present, but I'm working through my emotions in an informed manner. This is not the right time to be, you know, speaking it um in this space so I'll I'll put it aside just for now and then I'll sort of share when it's ready and and I suppose it also helps when we do find ourselves in tricky situations to really understand what you want to say rather than just reacting to something you can just react like fire and come down and that could be coming down at your boss or shouting at this or could be a physical reaction just so understanding what is what is being evoked in you 
take some time with it so then you can respond how you actually want to respond rather than your emotions taking over you. Okay, shelf if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And the next one is shout it. And this is um, some form of physical movement. This is basically getting to the other side. And it's, I think a lot of the time people are very, people sometimes express their emotions and then they don't know what to do afterwards. You know, they're supposed to, okay, right, that's done. But the shout it part is not, it can be if you want, go outside and shout and scream, but it's some form of physical activity, movement to just get it out because our body impacts, our, our, our psychology impacts our physiology, you know, and vice versa. Everything is held within the body. But if you do some form of physical exercise or some form of movement, and it could be just five star jumps or going for a walk or running around the block, it kind of just gets it out. So you've spoken about it. You've gone, okay, I'm going to process this. Now I'm going to move on to the next thing. It's kind of like that transition part. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So you're saying shout it is not a gratitude diary or a reflection journal. It's something it has to be more physical than that. It can be anything you want it to be. So that's a good thing. It can be, I mean, again, it depends on the child, depends on the person, but it needs to be something where they feel that they are getting through that emotion by expressing it in whatever loud means to them, whatever shout it means to them. So if it's physical activity, getting it out, brilliant. If it is getting a gratitude diary, writing out all the things they're grateful for or writing out what they learnt from this experience, what, how they overcome it or why they're proud of themselves and then maybe expressing it if they feel comfortable. So but finding the, some way to sort of release it. Yes, Got that's you. it, yes. Releasing it so they can learn from it. And it's not to say it will it won't come up again but it's to say that they can sort of reflect and go, okay, well, I got through it last time. It's it's building up those self-regulation tools and strategies so they can release it and build their emotional resilience. Because they'll find that if you're, I don't know, if you're nine years old and a situation comes up, you're going to react very differently than you are when you're 15, if the same situation comes up. But you can look back and go, actually, I'm not that nine-year-old anymore. I've released it. You know, it it just it's no, it's about emotional intelligence and growing as an as an emotional being. Yeah, and I suppose awareness, so that now that you know you've been through that moment when you're nine, like you said, when it comes up again, and and inevitably it will. We can't protect our children from anything, and we wouldn't, we don't want to. That's not that's not the aim. This is the real world reality. Suffering will happen. So when it inevitably comes back again one would hope that you've appreciated that you have got through this it you have dealt with it and you can use some of those tools mm. again yes I, I suppose the idea is that it won't floor you like every time it, it's going to get easier it may not disappear like these feelings yeah. of anxiety worry stress may always 
come, but the idea, I suppose, is it to be able to to come, be aware, and for it to wash over us rather exactly. than staying in that state. Exactly, and awareness is key because you know when we're aware of how we react to situations, it informs us and in how we want to behave. And I'm really pleased you said that things like anxiety and and stress they're going to be there because in our brains we have um, something called the amygdala, and this is where the fight, flight, freeze response is. So. Thousands of years ago, when we were cave women, we had this survival instinct. We had to either fight, you know, or freeze when some when a tiger or something dangerous came near us. And that part of the brain is still in existence. It's all these thousands of years later, and it's had to sort of adapt to us living in houses and doing slightly different things, but it's still there. So anxiety can actually be a healthy thing, but it's learning how to tame that beast, learning how to tame the amygdala, and allow it to be your friend. You know, anxiety can help us if we're if we're um, practicing for a test because we know we got we got to practice in order to pass that test or have a driving test or a child speaking in assembly for the first time. Part of life is experiencing these range of different emotions, but it's learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and grow through them so they make us stronger and more informed individuals. And I think that's the 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 universal worry trick joke as a parent your natural instinct is to want to protect the child yes nothing bad ever happening don't want anything bad to happen to you but in life obviously it will happen and inevitably we need those moments to happen to be able to grow and understand how we react to them but it's very hard like you said to be comfortable with the uncomfortable to sit in it it's hard for us as adults it's probably easier for children to be in that state as they're closer to the source but yeah. um, it might be hard for us to model that, which is then when you put your your mask on, everything's fine, and um, it's not. And, and that's it, really, because when we get older, we have these. We've we've had the conditioning from childhood, and then we've had experiences upon experiences, and they all form different layers to our personality. When we're children, we're sponges. We sort of we're playful. That's our natural nature. But when we get older and we get jobs and we kind of those parts of us fall away. So you'll find that when you see a baby like in a supermarket having a tantrum on the floor, they scream, they shout and they stamp their feet. Two minutes later, they're absolutely fine, you know, because they've just released all of that emotion. Whereas as adults, we don't always. As adults, you hold that tantrum. You hold hold that grudge for days, weeks, years. I... I actually love seeing children be able to do that. I watch them like, my God, you just let it go. Or like my daughter, because of COVID, has had to go to four different nurseries um, during this this last period because of my office moving and various things happening. And every time she's been like, okay, great. If we were to start a new job, the panic of not knowing where your coffee mug is or where, you know, where you're going to sit, all those things... I can imagine would kick in. But for her, she's just gone in and be like, I've met my new friends today. She doesn't even know their names, but she's called them her friends. And I just think every day I'm like, wow, you're you're really just getting in there and going for it. And just the fearlessness of it. Yeah. I love seeing that. It's it's the innocence as well. And that's why when it comes to things like deep breathing, meditation, mindfulness, yoga, they bring us back to that. They bring us back to our inner connectedness and that that sense of um that sense of peace just like just what you've described about your daughter that sense of wonder like okay this is a new day I'm just going to take on the new day I'm not going to judge it I'm not going to stress I'm just gonna just see what happens so yeah 
<laughs> so for 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 women and your self empowerment goddess series, all the 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 gorgeous things that we need to think about in this day and age of being a woman, being a mother, being a black woman. What can we? What would you say to someone who is fearful of meditation, who maybe has the understanding it's a bit woo, it's not for me. I've tried it for five minutes, nothing happened, nothing's changed. What am I doing here? I can't quiet my mind. Blah blah blah. You know all these stories, messages, things that we legitimately feel. Um, what 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 can we? What would you say to those women listening now, those mums? Yeah, I would say meditation is whatever you want it to be. So people do get hooked on the name, don't they? They yeah. get hooked on the on the label of it. Yeah, and a lot of the time, people assume that meditation is sitting cross-legged in a room for hours on end and just breathing and just being really bored. Um, but it doesn't need to be, you know. Um, meditation is whatever you want it to be. So you could be you could be taking some deep breaths. It could literally just be putting your hand on your heart and feeling your heartbeat for two seconds and then just going back about your business. It's the the thought. The meditation itself is not about slowing down thoughts it's not about sort of pushing things away it's about just being present and allowing those thoughts to come up and looking at them in a non-judgmental way and that that is mindfulness and what I would say to someone that's worried about med- meditation or just not thinking oh if it's a bit woo-woo there's nothing wrong with meditation it's about sitting and just being at peace with yourself so it could be that you are cooking And you think, right, I'm going to spend the next two minutes just focusing on my breath or just noticing the different colours of the different ingredients that I'm putting in the pot. Or whilst I'm sitting and eating my food, I'm just going to chew and really taste my food. So so being present, being mindful, and we can bring this into our everyday actions. We can bring it into everyday actions. And I mean, I love to dance. I absolutely love dancing. And time just goes you know, if I've, there's a new song on that I really like, or an old song, you know, I was listening to some old school garage the other day, <laughs> and, uh, show my age, but I was, it just took me back to um, university and sort of going to different clubs and stuff. And that's my form of meditation. It's not your classic woo-woo, but I, I was brought back to a time that brought me alive and time just flew by because I was listening to these different songs and singing along and I was in a meditative state because I was at total peace, you know, and I suppose it's taking the moment to be aware of that because those moments, like you say, can come when we're seizing the chicken maybe or when we're in the car listening to your favourite music. It's then being aware to take it that next step and actually be in it rather than scrolling on your phone whilst you're listening to it, you know, whilst all yeah. these other distractions, right? Take a minute to actually be in, in that moment with that song with those colours. It's about being present and really listening and tuning in to how you feel. So again, it's kind of being present and breathing through it, but it's just noticing those little moments and, and trying not to think, oh God, I've got this to do, I've got that to do. And if it does, and or, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do this, or yesterday this happened. If it does, just go, okay, thanks. I'm here now. And this is what I think is so important as women and as mothers, anybody caring for another person, is it's so easy to put ourselves at the bottom of the rung. It's so easy to get the kids washed first and then you have a shower if there's time. It's so easy 
to to be last and you've got so many different hats on so many different things pulling you so many different emotions that you may be aware of of your children and the space or the mental load or what I'm cooking for dinner what I'm cooking for breakfast you know the, the the monotony of motherhood it's so relentless that it can be difficult it can almost feel um luxurious to sit there and listen to your favorite garage tune could be luxurious when I still need to do X, 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 X. So I think it's really important. And again, I say this intellectually, but it's very hard to do when you're like, I've got this half an hour and I've got actually five things I should be doing, but I'm gonna sit here and take a moment and read this book, have this bath, listen to this song and be present with it. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not to take away from the things that you've got to do. It's about you showing up as complete and whole as you really are. So if you are, if you've got all these different things to do, that's that's absolutely fine, but you can't give from an empty cup. You know, you've got to give with your cup full, you know, and I know it's difficult, you know, I know it's a, it's a really weird one because as a mum, the first thing you want to do is give and look after your kids and sort things out for everyone. But even when you're on an aeroplane, you've got to put your gas mask, you've got to put your oxygen mask on first before you put your child's. And in order to show up as the beautiful goddess beings and, you know, the beautiful mums that you are, you've got to show up and look after yourself. Because, again, it's modelling to your child. Even if it's two minutes, three minutes, you know, whilst you're in the bathroom, listening to something or looking at yourself in the mirror and just taking some deep breaths, your child is going to pick up on that energy or they may see it and go, mum cares for herself. Mum's looking after herself, you know. Even friend... if they can't use that language, they are yeah, going to yeah, pick yeah. it up. They'll feel it, yeah. A friend of mine, she, um, she's got two, two kids um, and they're both under three and she made the decision to go back to work and she's busy, 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 busy and at times feels guilty but she knows that her daughters are seeing mum working really hard, doing her thing, and they're looking up to her. She takes she takes time out, she does her own thing, but they see that that's being mirrored mirrored back. And I think it's important that if you are growing, if you're bringing up children, and you want them to see you in your best light, they want to see you as the fulfilled, loving, gracious being that has highs, that has lows, but is looking after herself as well as them, because that's what they'll learn you know and that's what they'll do and that's obviously what we're trying to do for ourselves yes whether it's conscious or or subconscious everybody's looking to evolve naturally that's our natural trajectory so self-care is not selfish it is yeah that is mind-blowing I mean some people it does feel selfish at times doesn't it it shouldn't but naturally it can feel selfish to do to prioritize yourself over all the other things that you feel responsible for. And this goes back to statistics. So when we are looking at the black community, there's more of us going to get, you know, being admitted for um, schizophrenia and detained for mental health because we're not practicing those self-care and looking at ourselves and really working through our stuff early on. And if it's two minutes of breathing, if you, if, you, if you don't do that and it builds up into anxiety, then the anxiety builds up into severe anxiety and then the mental ill health. That's that's what can happen. I'm not saying it will happen for everyone, but and it's a very extreme example. But I'm saying it's so important just to sort of like, I mean, I remember when I was teaching and 
teaching, if anyone's been in the teaching profession, it's one of the most stressful things, particularly in light of COVID and all the changes. I used to, I, when it came to break times, rather than go into the staff room, and I know everyone would be chatting and moaning and talking about this, talking about, I'd make a cup of tea and sit in my classroom and just breathe. Mm. You know, they were like my five minutes where the kids were out in the playground and, and I fitted that in, you know. I'm not saying I, it was perfect. I, I, teaching was one of the most stressful experiences. But I look back and I think, good on you, because I tried yeah. to put those things in place to look after myself, you know. And you, you can't give from an empty cup at the end totally. of the day. Totally. And, and what you're saying, finding these two minutes, prioritising, pri- protecting these two minutes, not um, being dramatic, but it, it is life saving it is life-changing like you said the the statistics are scary um for the black community it it is something we need to be aware of and they're rising it's not an issue that's changing so it can be life-changing it can it can be it, it it can be so preventative and obviously you don't know who you're um influencing so if someone sees you as a black woman doing this and it's not woo, it's not weird, no one's laughing at you. Um, it, it normalizes it, you yeah. know, it all makes it possible. Again, maybe just starting off with that two minutes a day, trying to find that, protect that and make that regular. Yeah. As brushing your teeth, as part of your routine yeah. and maybe build it up if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And there are groups out there as well. So there are, particularly in light of what's happened with COVID, more people are sort of getting together and they're realising there aren't enough black faces within the wellbeing community. So there's um, there's Mind Walk Yoga. I, I did one of their um, retreats on Sunday, just Being gone. Out of Mind Walk Yoga. And I was like, oh my goodness, I saw 40 different women of colour on my Zoom screen, and I'm there you like, go. Already, well, that makes you smile, doesn't it? It just makes yeah, you beam. Exactly. And you've got women taking part, and also led by brown and black women. Yes. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that's a soul feast right there. That exactly. is the best. And I, I also just want to look at things from a different perspective as well, because I know I've, I was saying about how you know we need to get that help, we need to get that support. A lot of the time, what holds us back from doing these things are not seeing many people of color in those spaces when we go to the doctors for instance and we say look I've got a mental health condition or we go to a yoga space and everyone in the room is white it can sometimes be a bit intimidating and not all of us think actually I want to follow some of us might just hold back and go I'll just do my own thing so it's really important to try and connect with others that are on the same page as you that are you know that you feel comfortable sharing with and you feel comfortable starting a group with or joining things like mind walk yoga or others I saw I've forgotten her name now but I saw um another really lovely um woman who's doing something about stuff about cycles women's cycles a woman of color and she's doing a course do you know what I mean and I thought there's so many of us popping up I'm doing my own there's hiking, there's, there's, there's so oh, many yes, amazing things. Yes, black yes. girls hike, you yes. know, and I'm, I've got my goddess, self-empowerment goddess course. Yes. And there's so many different things that are out there. They're popping up. There's not, not loads, but they're popping up. So, But the it, shift is happening, which is positive. Definitely, definitely. So when we say that it's woo-woo, it might be woo-woo for some, but more of us are starting to get into it and recognising that if we don't look after our mental health, we don't look after our well-being, things think we need yeah. to basically it's just not good if we don't so and again that's everything we are 
wanting for our children, right? It's everything we want them to be able to do. Stand up for yourself in the playground. Call out something that you see is not right for yourself or another child. Everything that I assume we're all repeatedly saying to our children or want for our children. And obviously it starts for us doing it for ourselves and our children being able to see that. Lastly, what would you like to say to anybody listening, any mum that that is struggling either to find the time to prioritise themselves, um, maybe finding the beauty or joy in life, just maybe just struggling in general to to see to see the wider mission anything you want to say I would say go easy on yourself you know you've got to this point and not give up on yourself I would also say look back at a memory in childhood where you felt free and abundant and you felt really ignited you know and look at the sorts of things that you enjoyed doing as a child whether it was dancing whether it was swimming hanging out with friends and see if there's a way that you can bring that into your daily life even if it's two minutes one minute before everyone wakes up um and if you can gradually build upon that seek help you know but take every single day as it comes you are doing a lot better than you give yourself credit for you've got to this point and we are in unprecedented times you know so the fact that you're here the fact that you're standing the fact that you're listening to this means that you're ready to move forward with your life so give yourself yeah give yourself a, a pat on the back but the main thing would be to look at something you really enjoyed during childhood it could be anything writing you know tap into that and find time to bring that into your daily life and then build upon that I think that's so important. I recently have joined a book club, Lit Black Mums. And um, I remember how much I enjoyed reading. And the club's really holding me accountable just to try and read one chapter a day. And I'm trying to do that in the bath to try and get, to tick all my boxes. (laughs) But um, it's great. And, And maybe if you do acknowledge that thing that you enjoyed, just finding any safe space of your own, whether it's a friend, um, a trusted friend that you can tell, just to help you keep accountable with those things. Absolutely. I find that Absolutely. I need yeah. that for myself. And I've got WhatsApp groups for everything, for workout, for reading, don't let them. So um, <laughs> that's, that's been really useful for me. And I yeah. loved what you said about share it, shelf it, shout it. I think that is brilliant. Just a really easy tool just to remember and bring you back to some kind of basic grounding. But What's next for you, Nicola? What's next for Harvey Heels? What's coming up? Yeah, so I recently launched my online course, the Self Empowerment Goddess Series. And it's an online six week self paced course, empowering and encouraging women to stand in their power as goddesses that you are. It is all about breathing, holding space, tapping into unwanted beliefs that are holding us back meditating, but also doing some really grounded things in neuroscience, learning about why we are the way we are, and empowering ourselves to standing our power, creating a vision for ourselves, a soul aligned vision to just uh, be free and be unashamedly ourselves. So yeah, I'm really passionate about helping as many women as possible to just be free, 
stand stand just empower women that's that's my thing and be goddesses we assume that a goddess has to be this mythical creature but we're already goddesses you know we are goddesses just for being here and being present as a black women that we are so that's that's my new thing and also I've got my my book my um self-care activity book for kids which is available now on Amazon and and also directly it's a it's a book that you can get and it is a book that's for the whole family for particularly um with, with younger children to sit and start opening up the dialogue about self-care about that it's okay to not be okay you know having a worry shower and then working through it coloring in a rainbow and breathing through a rainbow it's a really lovely way of just saying I'm okay. I'm me. I'm going to have emotions and that's absolutely fine. So yeah, so empowering kids and empowering women is my, uh, is my quest moving forward. to me, honestly. <laughs> I love it all. Thank you so, so much for sharing with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Dope Black Moms. If you'd like to join the Dope Black Moms private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Moms on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Moms. Thanks so much for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.